0: I shouldn't even have an end goal.
1: You know? Yes. Yes. Repeat that again.
0: I shouldn't
2: even have an end goal because right. my goals are about raising my children, not yes. my stepchildren. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories. Real people. Real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sams.
3: Welcome to the show. David. Yes. We need to move. Because?
1: It's hot.
3: <laughs> I would rather be hot than cold.
1: I just want to be comfortable. Okay. And I got in the car today at what, 11, 30, 12 o'clock to run and go grab food? Mm-hmm. 98
3: degrees. Okay. I'd rather have that than 10 degrees below zero. I'm
1: sure I'd complain about that too. I know you would. Okay.
3: (laughs) I am positive (laughs) you would complain. All right, fine. We don't have to move. Where are you going to move to? Because then it'll be something else.
1: Well, maybe we should have two houses.
3: Oh, here we go. How about one for you to live in and one for me to live in?
1: That's what I was going to (laughs) say. I can live in the one where it's... Not so hot. So we'd have to flip-flop
3: then. Perfect. So half the year you'd have to live in my house, and the other half the year you'd live in your house. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Well,
3: that's kind of what we did when we were dating. <laughs> and what was wrong with that? <laughs> I don't know. It worked out great, didn't it?
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you had to go and move in. Yeah, I know.
3: After we got married.
1: Actually, we do see a lot of blended families where... The stepmom, say, has decided to live in a different home Mm -hmm. or she goes and lives in a different home when the stepkids are there. Yep. What are your thoughts on that,
3: David? Well, I've seen it work for some people, but I would say that's the exception, not the rule. To me, I'm saying it's working right now. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is that it works in that all the problems that you have, um, they don't seem to be there. But what's really happening is the problems are still there. You've just removed yourself from that environment. And so you're never solving the actual issues that are happening. So if you think you're going to do this until the kids move out, okay, that sounds logical. However, at some point, you're going to you know, move back in with your significant other. And guess what? The kids are still the kids. And at some point, they'll come back. And visit, or they'll bring grandkids into the picture, or you know they may have to move back in. Whatever the case is, you still have those issues that are there, ready for you to face.
1: Well, and also, I look at it as you're almost creating new issues.
3: Of course you are.
1: Most people financially cannot afford two households. Mm-hmm. Then there's also responsibilities where... I can't come to your house because I've got to cut grass or I've got to shampoo my carpet or, you know what I'm saying?
3: Cut grass. You can tell we in the South. Yeah. Everybody else mows the lawn. Oh, yeah. We don't We don't have a lawn. <laughs> we cut grass.
1: Yeah, we cut grass.
3: Um, well, the other thing too is like, I, I think it would be easier to deal with some of these issues when the kids are younger versus when they're older. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unfortunately we don't have any statistics to look at, like a study of, okay, this, these are people over a 10-year period that didn't do that, and here's some that did do that, and let's, let's look at what that looks like. You know, I don't, I'm not aware of any such study, but I will say just of the people that we have coached that um, we've not yet seen it work long-term. We've only seen it work in that it takes the pressure off of the immediate situation, but it doesn't solve the issues at all. It would be no different than, you know, if you had a problem at work. Um, you know, you can't mm-hmm. if the problem <laughs> if the problem is you or something, you know, maybe you're just not good at your job. Or let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> Probably no, a bad analogy. Yeah, this is a really bad analogy. Actually, it's not a bad analogy. It Thanks. is
1: because you're making it set you said if the problem is you Well,
3: then- I'm saying the problem is you're not good at your job. Well, guess what? Most of us stink at being a step parent. Because it doesn't come with a manual. We do. Come on. Let's okay. be honest. We stink at it. If we I'm pretty good at it now. Well, yeah, now. I sucked before, but right. now I'm good. Well, that's my point. Early on, you stink at it. Matter of fact, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you were doing it right. <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we had done it right. Right? True. So all these things we do around nacho kids would not even exist had we done it right. We did it so bad that <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to share it with the world. <laughs> yeah, that we just, it was a mess. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, maybe it's not a bad analogy that you just stink at what you're doing. It's not that you're a bad person. You're just doing it in a way that's not functioning properly.
1: Okay. So you stink at what you're doing mm-hmm. at work. All right.
3: So, so you quit your job. Okay. Okay. Or you, you know, let's say you, quit your job, or you go and say, I want to work from home, so I'm not around anybody else. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Um, however, you still stink at your job. And so the issues that seem to go away aren't they ain't going away. They aren't resolved. They're still there. Okay, and, and, and like most jobs, if you stink at your job, usually it's a lack of training. It's because somebody didn't teach you right, or you don't know how to do a job because of a failure to train or failure to learn or a failure to communicate. Yeah. So a lot of that still plays into the same thing here where it's either you don't have the proper training to be, um, an effective step parent. And that's exactly where we were. Um, or there is proper training there and you refuse to follow it, which we've seen that. Um, or you just refuse to do anything. You just kind of the person that's like, um, I don't really want your opinion I want to hear my opinion come out of your mouth. And that's what we see a lot too. Right. So, and you know, we're we're not going to do that in the academy for sure.
1: Yeah. Don't join the Nacho Kids Academy. If you want us to tell you what you want to hear.
3: Yeah. If it's like, I used to see this when I did financial counseling back in the day, like people would come to me with all kinds of financial issues and problems. But what they wanted to hear was not that they were doing things wrong. Or that they had to sell the car that they are paying too much for. Or sometimes even the house they overpurchased. They want to hear any of that. They wanted to know, how can I continue doing the same thing I've been doing, but get different results? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not a thing. It is not a thing. Yep. All right, David. So what is your point? You want to move out? No, I'm good. You want to move out with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to move out with you. Well... It's easier just to move your kid out than it would be for no, us to move and leave. That him here. is not an option.
1: <laughs> He's going
3: with us. <laughs> oh come on! Stop trying to push my kid out the door. I'm not trying to push. I'm trying to invite him out. <laughs> 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 we did a we did a thing the other day with uh, Laura Petherbridge. <laughs> it's so funny because you know there's there's I don't know 40 different couples in there, and when I would make a comment like. You know, something about pushing your kid out or whatever. It it was funny because you'd see the, you could tell who the moms were because they were not laughing, but all the you know the men in the call you can tell when it was, you know they were the stepdad because they would bust out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and of course they were on mute, so I could just I had to just watch their body language. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, you saw them slapping their knee and their mouth wide open laughing. <clears throat> yeah, and there yeah. was a couple times we were talking about something, and you see people like looking at each other like. You know, the elbow and the ribs kind of nudge. Mm -hmm, (laughs) You'd be mm -hmm. like, you need to listen to this.
1: (laughs) Pay attention. This is (laughs) you. (laughs) Uh,
3: It's funny. It's funny because not because of the situation. It's funny because we've been there. We've been there. Mm -hmm. Like I remember being in sessions. Sometimes it was it was coaching sessions or counseling sessions. Sometimes even it was even in church where (laughs) me and you usually it was you poking me the elbow
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like would you stop or your kids poking
3: me <laughs> they would do that wouldn't they yes <laughs> well the good thing about that is everybody held everybody accountable Hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep that's all i got to say
3: <laughs> all right so who do we have today as a guest stepmom Joni. hey wait a minute don't we have a winner we do Are we doing it now or at the end? All right. We'll do it now. Well, we'll do it at the end.
1: No, we'll do it now.
3: Let's talk about Joni first. (laughs) I'm sorry, uh, Joni.
1: Okay. (laughs) If we forget to do it now, we'll have to do it at the end.
3: (laughs) All right, Joni. Sorry.
1: Okay. Joni has been blending for about five years. All right. Two stepsons and two hours
3: daughters. Oh, wow.
1: In the beginning, her husband had every other weekend with his kids. Then guess what?
3: It changed up. Doom doom, doom doom Now they got what every other week? All the time. No, really? Full custody. So the question is, was that easier or harder? What do you think? I think it'd be easier, but not in the beginning. See, I've never had to do the that drastically changed. Well, Joni
1: is a smart little woman. She knows how to nacho. Cool. Properly. Sweet. And we even talk about her nachoing one step kid differently than the other. Mm-hmm. We even talk about the kids being there all the time, but she can still nacho. Mm-hmm. So, all you people out there in the wonderful world that could say, We have the step kids all the time. There's no way I can nacho. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Joni is proof.
3: Yep. And that's kind of like those people who say, I would never nacho. And then they go on to explain how they do it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now, we've heard that. We've heard other people on other podcasts say that. Like, I don't agree with this Nacho Kids thing. And and then they talk, start talking about how they step parent. And I'm like, dude, they're doing some of the stuff that's nachoing.
4: <laughs> yes.
1: There is a lot of good advice that um is in this interview. And it's funny because some of the things she says, I'm like, mm-hmm, girl, I know you've been paying attention to our podcast or the nacho group. Because what she's saying is exactly what we say.
3: Yeah. All right. So you ready to get into it? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So we're going to listen to an ad about the Academy. But before we do, I want to say something. Are we going to announce the winner? <laughs> okay. Yes. You forgot
1: already, didn't you? <laughs>
3: yeah, I did. <laughs> All right. So before we before we talk about that, something came up yesterday. So one of the members of the Academy um, sends us a message and her husband has started taking part in the calls and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, she's been there herself for, what, five, six months or so, maybe?
3: At least six. Okay. Yeah, maybe eight.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I think it was before the first of the year. So, anyway, her, so her husband, she's been there six or eight months or whatever. So, her husband has just now started to participate, which kudos to him. Yeah, he joined one of the Q&A coaching calls the other night. Right. And that's that made a huge difference. I mean, she sent us a message about how that was a game changer, and uh, then he also joined in another call. Uh, actually, is the same one I was just talking about with Laura Petherbridge. and we were speaking on that call. And she is saying that the way that apparently she explained nachoing to him was so drastically different than how he understood it coming from us. It doesn't mean that it was explained. Differently, because we know sometimes it just takes somebody else to say the same thing to you. Isn't that right, Lori?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, David.
3: (laughs) Uh. What was you going to say? Nothing. (laughs) So anyway, it's just interesting when you have that. So my point of, of all this is that if you want to get your significant other involved and you explaining it to him is not getting anywhere, then find the episode that you think speaks to him most. Maybe it's episode one where we talk about our problems and how this all got started, or maybe it's another one that resonates more with you and your situation, but find one. Or if you're in the academy, join one of the coaching calls we have, but let us explain it to them. And you'd be amazed sometimes at the difference, how somebody takes it coming from somebody else. Or, you know, maybe we're just able to explain it better. I don't know. Sometimes it just needs to come from somebody of the same sex we've seen times where because i said it and i'm a guy then it comes across to another guy differently and sometimes it's just from somebody
1: that doesn't have an emotional attachment to
3: you right and so with that said let's talk about who the winner is for this month's well i guess it'll be every other week so this <laughs> second, i'm so confused today so anyway who is the, the heat the it's the heat i know that's what it is so who's the winner Did you draw? The winner for what? (laughs)
1: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The winner this week for the Sylvia Krakauer Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship is Melanie B.
3: Melanie B? Melanie B. Do I know Melanie B?
1: I don't know. Do you know a Melanie B? (laughs) I don't know. I never tell. So Melanie B, check your emails. You should have one from us. Sweet. Let's get you started and get your blend bettering. That's right. I know that sounded weird. Get your blend bettering. Yeah. It's the heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And stay tuned. After the interview, our ending, we will tell you how you can apply for the Sylvia Krakower Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship to win a free
3: month in the Nacho Kids Academy. That's right. We've got some weird giving away all the way through the end of the year. So get yours. (laughs) (laughs) We usually say it's nachos, but this time it is yours. (laughs) It can be yours. (laughs) All right. If you don't apply, it's nachos. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a word about the academy.
2: There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit Nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step-parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's Nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have
1: stepmom, Joni. Hey, Joni, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you, Lori?
1: I'm doing great. So how long have you been blending? We
0: have been blending
1: about six and a half
0: years. We'll be married five years um, in May, May 22nd.
1: Well, happy early anniversary.
0: Thank you. It feels like we're crossing like a big, that five-year mark feels like a big one for some
1: reason this time. Oh, it is. It is. (laughs) Definitely. Especially in the blend. You know that. Yes. So how many stepkids, bio kids, hours kids do you have? I have two stepsons. One is 14, one is nine.
0: Um, And my husband has both of them with the same mom. There's only one bio mom. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Um, Then I have none that I brought into our marriage on my own. I did not have any children when I started blending, which I think is so important to our story in a way Um, and having to, figure out how not show but we have two together we have two daughters who are four and three
1: and what's the visitation like with the stepsons
0: they are with us 365 days a year
1: full time when you and your husband started dating did he have full custody then
0: oh no 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 um he had the vaguest court order i've ever read in my life <laughs> when when he initially started out he had um He had the most vague, in fact, it took him so long just to get, it would just say every other weekend, starting from such and such date. And so that is, if you're listening to this, never allow that to go into a court order. That is so complicated because you think, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. But about three years down the road, and you're having to look back on that calendar and double check yourself especially when visitation has been withheld and, and things have happened or you have swapped or anything like that. So it took him a little while just to get worded first, third, and fifth. And then he, he went to court several times, actually, oddly enough, she took him to court constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, she would initiate court with him and he just kind of slowly gained more each time. Um, through the process of the legal system. Mm -hmm. We live in Alabama. And so it is not a 50-50 state currently. Um, I know some people that have 50-50, but everyone that I know that has that has agreed upon that sort of in mediation. Right. Um, So it's a pretty strong bio mom state. Um, And he did not, um, he did not have full custody at first. And it took a long process to get here. Um, but for the last 18 months, I would say, let's see, let me think about it. Yeah, about the last 18 months, things have finally been settled, and it has been him, you know, with them, and everything has been under the new court orders and stuff, under the new pro- proceedings.
1: Right, and we know that that's a big thing with the stepmoms because you went into this with him having every other weekend, and then now, all of a sudden, he's got his kids full time. And it's an adjustment.
0: Um, it is an adjustment that I did not expect, but I will say this. My husband was never um let me think of the word. My husband was never quiet with me about saying he always wanted his kids. Okay. Um, I knew that he was fighting to get everything that he can with them. He realistically though, he kinda just thought he would end up and for a while he did have a close to 50 50 schedule. They live about three and a half hours away from him. And he had a very close, um, you know, extended visitation with them that allowed them almost equal time with both parents for a period of time. And um, it it did not work out. Um, but I knew that if he ever got the opportunity to have full custody, that is what would occur. And I knew that that's what he wanted. I was naive in what that would entail. Mm-hmm and um and i think even he was to an extent you know you never know what something's you know it's just like having our second daughter you never know what it's going to entail until it's here right um but once it became evident that that is what was going to occur um and we had had we have so many facets to my relationships with both boys i i knew by the time that this final proceeding went down, that my relationship with the boys would be different than what I saw it being in the beginning.
5: Mm -hmm. If that
0: makes sense. We had been through a lot, several things had happened with my oldest stepson and several things had become clear with him. And I knew that the relationships were going to be different. I knew this was going to be difficult. I did not know exactly how difficult it would be. Mm -hmm. Um, but my husband also did not have blinders on by that point because he had, there had been so many things that had happened. It had been so rough. He was thankfully aware that this was going to be tough, if that makes any sense. And I think that helped me to know that we were kind of in this together. Right. Even though he wanted his kids. He loves his kids. He wants to be, um, you know but I think he thought environmental changes was going to do a little bit more for my oldest stepson. And I know we're going to get into some of that more than it did. Mm -hmm. And that's been tougher on him um, than he anticipated. And I think if he had just blindly been like, Oh, we're going to be, but let me tell you something five years ago, I would have blindly said, Oh, we're going to get them home. We're going to blend and everything's going to be fine. Because Mm -hmm. I was self inflicting so much stress on myself in the beginning of thinking that I had to be like the Pinterest mom four days a week
4: mm-hmm.
0: or four days a month. I'm sorry. And you cannot do that. Yes. And something that I have seen repeatedly that I wish people could, I wish somebody had to just slapped me in the face with this in the mm-hmm. beginning. I probably wouldn't have appreciated it, but you can only have the relationship with a stepchild That they want you to have.
1: Amen sister.
0: So I cannot be closer. I can say it all day long. But these are the facts. My oldest stepson and I. Do not have the same relationship. My youngest stepson. He does not want the same relationship. With me his brother has.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: He does not seek the same relationship. With me his brother has. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. It is okay for him. It's okay if he doesn't ever want to. You know. Sometimes people, especially, now he was not what I would consider an older step kid when I came into the picture, because when I first met him, he was like seven turning eight. Right. But I think a lot of people expect things out of older children. You, you look at this, if if you've got a 16-year-old step kid that their parents were married for 15 years of their life, you are not part of their plan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how cool you are, how fun you are. Any of that, none of it matters to them. They just went through something traumatic. Their parents got divorced and they have very little time left at home with mom and dad. And they may or may not want you to be involved in their life. And that can be true even when they're younger. But I do think sometimes it's easier so like I think you get more time to fill out your role, you know, like mm-hmm. my youngest stepson was four when I met him. And I feel like we've been through a roller coaster a little bit, but I've had more time to like fill out a role with him, if that makes sense. So yeah. now, now he and I both have like a place we're comfortable mm-hmm. Um. I think he would probably even be more clingy and more close to me. Um. If I would kind of, Play you know, go into that with him mm-hmm. um if I didn't always redirect him back to that, i mean I, I think he would be happy for me to just tell him what to do <laughs>
5: yeah
0: <laughs> um, he's just kind of he's just one of those kids who just kind of navigates to asking me questions and I like this, and I'm like you're sad you know you're like, hold on, let's go see what Dad has to say, um, and he would accept my answer and really wouldn't say much about it, you know, um now that may change as he gets older, mhm. Um, and I think that's something people don't expect either, is that you think, oh, my gosh, this cute little two-year-old wants to call me mom. It's real easy to forget that that two-year-old has a mom sitting somewhere who might not really like that their baby's away from them. And that's okay. They're entitled to those feelings. Is mm-hmm. Get that, too. And we then realize when that child is eight that they've sort of figured out a little bit more. And now they just want to call you Miss Laurie or Miss Joni. And it feels like you're being demoted. hmm but you're not, because you were not mom to begin with. Yes. Even though we are closer than he and his, than I am with his brother, and even though um, I do homeschool him, which is another aspect of our relationship that I think is very important to the nacho, because so many people say I'm a stay at home mom and I can't nacho. Well,
1: yeah, and you're a stay at home mom and their homeschool teacher, and you nacho.
5: Is with
0: me all the time. I mean, um, he's with me probably more than he is with his dad during the week. Um, so, we, we, and, and the way I do this and the way I approach my relationship with him, and this may be easier for me because I was a classroom teacher. In regards to my youngest stepson, I tend to think of things now, and this was a process. Now, I didn't just get here overnight. Yes. When. I am dealing with him and I've sort of even applied this to even when dad is home. There are instances where things happen during the day because he does spend so much time with me that I do have to let his dad know about something. And, and thankfully now it's not major stuff with him. Um, it could just be like, um, like for instance, I noticed he was really behind on his math. Uh, he, he did not. Um, when I, when I went through the course of study, he had not hit several goals. He was not able to hit several goals from like the end of second grade. So we had to go back and remediate math, okay? And so I approached this just like I would approach any parent. I went to my husband, and I explained to him the facts. I've This is how I assess this. This is the problem I see with math. This is kind of what I would like to do to get him caught up, and I'd like to know your opinion. Mm-hmm. And, of course, my husband says, like, I'm not a teacher, and I trust what you say, and I appreciate that he feels that way, but I just approached it as I would approach it. If you were a parent in my class and I was coming to you and I was like, Lori, um, your son has, you know, failed a math test or spelling test, or this is what I see as his problem in spelling or XYZ, or even a behavior problem, like I couldn't get him to pay attention today, that would not be an emotional conversation. If You see what I'm saying? Yes. The ma'am. Would be. Mm-hmm. So, like, it might be emotional for you as a parent if we had to have them constantly. From most professionals it's more of a professional conversation. And I try to put that into my brain when dealing with him so that when I'm communicating with his dad about things that need to be changed, it's not as emotional as it would have been five years ago. Because it's not personal. Like when he doesn't when he doesn't do well on a spelling test, that's not
5: personal. Mm-hmm. That's
0: just he had a bad day, you know. Uh, when he doesn't always behave like I would like for him to, that's not really personal either. He's a 10-year-old kid, you know?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but there are some, and there are sometimes like if I just have to redirect him to do something, I don't even mention it to my husband. Like I don't pick apart everything he does because I wouldn't do that to you if you were a parent in my classroom. I wouldn't do that if he were just my fourth grade
4: student. Right.
0: And I think that that's something we have to learn. When to discern what dad needs to be told? Now, I'm not talking about these people who are like, my stepkid came and told me something extremely personal. And, oh, I think my stepdaughter's pregnant, but I don't really want to tell my husband because she confided in me. No. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about discerning when it's appropriate to tell your husband that a behavior bothers you or not, if that makes sense. I mean, I think you have to use some wisdom there because, I mean, I with all three of them, my youngest, I mean, my two and my youngest stepson all day. And they are all three at some point every day they get on my nerves. Mm-hmm. I love them fiercely, all three of them. But at some point every day, they all get on my nerves. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just being a kid. And so I don't know that I would, I mean, and I don't, I don't harp to my husband every day about how our four-year-old gets on my nerves. So I don't feel like. I need to tell him everything, but if there are major things, um, or if I need him to correct something, then um, like we had an issue which has his son lying to me about finishing an assignment that he didn't do, and so I just did what I did, would do. I just wrote him up. I wrote a letter to his dad, and had he had to give it to dad to be signed.
5: Look at you. And
0: yeah, I mean that's what I would have done in the classroom. Yeah. So that's what we did at home, and um, you know, and that stopped it. Because he didn't want to have, I mean, I think just to having the disappointment of, you know, I don't want to have to show this to dad. And then we found out he did it again. And so my husband was like, okay, so now you're grounded, you know? And I got tickled because yesterday he was grounded. <laughs> he kept coming to me, well, I'm finished with my book. What do you want me to do? And I'm like, I don't want you to do anything. I need you to go to dad's. do what dad wants you to do. And um, I think sometimes it's so hard for us to let go of this one word,
4: control. Yes.
0: As a stepmom, it is hard because you don't have control over the situation. Sometimes a court order dictates what you can do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it dictates your life right now. I mean, y'all have, you have yours and his, I don't know your situation, but I mean, have you ever like sat down at your calendar and tried to plan a vacation and thought, I'd rather just stay home? Like, <laughs> this looks yes. a little too complicated to to figure out. Like, we mm-hmm. just stay home this year, you know, because. As the kids get older, you also have to start looking at their schedules too. Yes, and and you're like, well, oh, let's go this way. Well, wait a minute, the first, the oldest has got to be at basketball camp, and the youngest one has dance camp the next week. And let's just close the calendar up and stay here. Yeah, and and you get no control over some of that. But you know what? We did. We just started taking a vacation when we could, mm-hmm. and whoever was here went and had a great time.
1: Right. And if, if somebody couldn't go, it's okay.
0: It's okay because it didn't mean they weren't loved or we didn't care about them. It just meant that it didn't work out, you know? Mm-hmm. Because my husband's work schedule, he has to, you know, um, he does have two guaranteed vacations every year. Aren't we lucky? And we are very lucky, blessed. I don't mean that, but it's the week of the 4th of July and the week between Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people traveled? <laughs> So any other time that he's going to be off, we have to really strategically plan in advance. And sometimes, even with all four of them now being under the same kind of schedule, it's hard. So back then, it was more hard. And it was, that was so intense for me in the beginning. Like, it would just really irritate me if I couldn't plan something because of the court order. And then I had to stop letting that bother me. And I just started planning things. And whoever was here went. And whoever wasn't here didn't go.
1: Right. And it's not like you intentionally left anybody out. You just planned what you could and then what worked worked and what didn't didn't. No. And that was the thing is like the first year, the first
0: trip that we ever took, um, we went to my husband's uh, family's farm and it was during spring break and the oldest stepson could not go. Now it was his time to be with dad, but he had a practice baseball game and we were told that he was not going to be allowed to go. And that, I'm going to tell you, that just fired me up. I, I mean, the whole Southern redheaded woman just came unglued in my <laughs> head. My hair got bigger and, you know, all of that. And then we just went on with my youngest stepson and had a great time. And that was sort of when I realized this is going to be okay. We're just going to, my husband didn't let it roll. It made him angry at first. But then once he went on and saw that the world didn't stop, And then here's the important thing. The other side saw that my husband's world didn't stop. Yes. And that there was no control there. Even though, hey, even though there's things that hurt him to the core that his kids could not be involved in, when he learned to release that control and he learned to just live his life, and that didn't have me, you know, um, that was just something he had to learn for himself. And once he did that, and I, I was like, well, if he can let it go, hey, I've got to let it go, you know? And so many people disagreed with us. Um, people personally that we know in our lives have disagreed with us on this philosophy. But, you know, um, we have had, the world doesn't stop. And it won't stop for us either, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so, I don't, I think we do our kids a big disservice, you know? Um If we teach them, and now my kids are younger, and even though they have stuff on their calendar, I can usually just kind of rearrange that, you know. Um, But as they get older, they're they're, hey, who knows when my my oldest daughter, you know, when she's like 15 or 16, maybe she'll have a cheer competition and she can't go or dance something or whatever. You know, she might have to stay here with her grandparents or something, you know, while we go do something that was planned previously. You know, even in nuclear families, that happens.
5: Mm
4: -hmm. But
0: I put the pressure on myself in the beginning to never let anybody be left out. Right. And then I had a baby. (laughs) And then everything changed in my brain because I saw how letting her life revolve around four days a month was going to be very hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And i hey, look, my, my oldest stepson is 14 and my youngest stepson is 10. And I would almost be willing to count bet if I did the math that my four-year-old, my four and a half, she's four and a half today. My four and a half-year-old daughter has spent more days with her daddy than either of those boys have. I can't change that.
1: No, you can't. And you will drive yourself crazy trying to or thinking you can.
0: I didn't cause that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'll tell you something that changed for me pretty abruptly. I was one of those people, I was going to be friendly to the bio mom. Mm-hmm. I just reasoned with her. Surely she would reason with me. I mean, I'm a reasonable person. I like people. I like to talk to people. Yeah. Why can't we just be nice to each other? I never really was one of those people that wanted to classify her as like a friend. But I've always been one of those people. I'm like, you know, I'm from the South. We're friendly to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's the and truth. I quickly learned... That was not going to be the case, and so I just stopped communicating with her and It's funny because I cannot tell you the times my husband once my husband stopped with, communicating with her on the phone, she has accused him, me of communicating with her. This is just Joni communicating with me it's not it's not him. I in messages to him so many times, but it's hilarious to me because I'm like, do you understand that I have two babies? Then toddlers, now two preschoolers. I don't have time to do all of those things and communicate with her and or need. And I, I wonder sometimes to myself when I see these women who do have time, and they're like, I have to do all the communication with Biomom.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you ever read that and shake your head? Yeah. Well, here's the thing is I have found out some of them will say that they do it because they can get along better with the Biomom than their significant other can. Okay, I get that. But come to find out, a lot of stepmoms do that because they want control. They want to make sure that the ex and their significant other aren't, you know, having good talks or talks about anything other than the kids when they do have conversations. So it's one of those trust issues, really.
0: Yeah, and I guess I'm kind of fortunate. I'm just going to tell you, I have never had to worry. I mean, if my husband ever leaves me for another woman, it will not be his ex-wife. I've never (laughs) had to even cross that thought in my mind. And I I say that as a joke, but I mean, he's heard me say that a million times. But my husband is one of those people that like, if he, he just, I don't know, sometimes he's just, sometimes he's almost too um, businessy, but he just, he just does not. Have a tolerance for stuff, and I have told him before. Like I'll read stuff to him, and I'm like, "These people say they have to communicate because they communicate with her better than you do, or he does." And my husband's like, "That would be super offensive to me if you said that to me." Mm-hmm. So, in other words, you can handle my ex-wife and my children better than I can, you know. And and he's like, "And your loyalty lies to me, not to my ex-wife." Right. You know, he. You know, I think he would. He's like, I would find that super offensive, you know. And, and look, I was one of those people that would get wrapped up in the beginning, and then I got pregnant and had preeclampsia, and then I had a baby, and I was like, I do not have time while trying to manage nursing my baby, and then I got pregnant with another baby when she was five months old, and I just, I just ran out of time to do that. And there was also an incident that happened with my stepson when he was ten, the oldest one, where he attacked me in one of his fits, and. I needed some healing from that because I was pregnant and um, his behavior put all of us at risk and there were very scary moments after that. Um, And actually I thought I had lost my baby.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: I kept being told I just, and not by my husband, not ever once. Um, He was as devastated as I was and thankfully she was healthy and fine. Um, But I kept being told I needed to get over that. (sighs) And there are just some things you just don't get over real easily. And I would always make the statement to my husband, I fully support you having a relationship with your son. Um, I want you to love your children. I love that you're a great father. But I started then saying, but I need some distance. And I need time to heal from this. This mm-hmm. was hard, you know. And that was our first. I guess that was probably my real like nacho before I knew what nacho was, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm going to take a giant step back and I'm not going to any doctors or therapy appointments with you. And, you know, because going to therapy with your husband and his ex-wife and their kids is no fun. Yeah. It's not where you want to be. It it doesn't do good things for your brain. Um, You know, it just, it wasn't getting anyone anywhere. And so I just kind of, Thought, you know, for the most part, I might go and sit out in the car or sit in the waiting room because he always had to travel for things and he's always worked long hours. And there might be times he would say, Look, well, can you go with me? I got, I need you to drive or something. I'm going to have to take a nap, especially when he worked third shift. And I understood those things. Um, and if they didn't stress me out or whatever, um, you know, if I knew I was just going to have to be with him, it was fine. Mm-hmm. But um, I just kind of had to learn. Through a process, like hey, you got to back up, like because nothing you do is going to be right. If you buy them a blue coat, it should have been green. You know, I, I will never forget one day, like being told, "My kids don't dress." I mean, this was like in front of it. My kids don't dress the way she's dressing them, and I thought their daddy is dressing them. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, I had, I, and, and I had little control based on what she kind of thought I had at that time. You know. Um, And there's two sides to every story, and I get that. And I get that she probably didn't want me around, and I get that I probably seemed like a jerk to her or whatever. Um, You know, I don't discount that mothers want to be mothers to their children, you know. Um, I want to be my kid's mom. I don't want them calling anybody else mom.
1: Right. You know, I mean. Don't you love it when people say, That if we don't want our biological kids calling somebody else mom, that we are insecure or immature or whatever. I mean, it's like we are just scum because or pathetic because we do not want our biological kids calling somebody else mom. That's crazy. It is crazy because, you know, I I can remember... And you know, you
0: have one son and mm-hmm. you probably remember everything about the day he was born, right? Yes, I mean, ma'am. every detail like do you remember that first moment you looked at him? And everything in your world just felt like, oh my gosh, for the rest of my life. No mm-hmm. matter what I do, I will think about him before I do it. Yes. And, you know, and that's and I mean, I'll tell you something else too though. I, I remember when my daughter was born, which I had a um as my husband always kind of jokingly says now will you try to die we had a baby and then you tried to die on me 20 <laughs> seconds later but um the first thing that I looked at her and thought and this did not offend me because my if you you've seen pictures of my family everybody looks like my husband except for that youngest one I've got hope for her to look a little bit like me <laughs> um but my my daughter looks so much like my youngest stepson like when I first looked at her, it was just, and and I was happy for them to have that connection. It didn't bother me. Um, you know, and, and I think too, because they were different genders, like I never felt like a weird pressure. Like sometimes I can see where that would feel super weird if you had a son with your husband and he already had a son and they looked alike and people were drawing comparisons. Um, You know, with their, with everything about them. But I've always felt like my daughters have gotten to be their own people. And so I haven't really had to face that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I can remember that split second of seeing her and, and, and literally realizing my blood pressure was dropping and thinking, well, if I die this moment, if I, if I don't get to see her pass now, everything in my life is every, just, it will be worth it to me.
4: Right. Because she's my child. Mm-hmm.
0: and you know four and a half years later I am still in awe of her every day I still want to be the person that she you know I love that I know the things that she loves and I love that I get to watch her go to every dance practice and I love that I get to go to every cheer practice with her and I love that I have that I was there when she learned her cartwheel because that was her next skill that she needed to learn in the gym and I love all those things about being a mom mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we forget that on the flip side of that end about probably ninety five percent of these cases there's a mama on the other side who feels that same way. they right. want to see their son make a touchdown pass and they want to be there for every home run and I think we have to to remember that yes, there are probably for some of the, for some situations out there they do not have that
5: mhm
0: and and you may have to you know your your family may adjust the role that you're more comfortable with later on. Um, and, and that's okay because this isn't one size fits all, but I think that it's okay to acknowledge, Hey, I don't have to think you're a great mom. You don't have to be the same mom I am. I mean, you and I are
5: both Southern
0: stepmoms. We follow different, and we probably parent differently.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: We have, I mean, we're both, you know, probably a lot of things in our personalities are the same. We probably parent very differently. And I, I don't have to come at you for parenting your child differently than I do. Right, so it's not a I think sometimes we get offended when
5: you know, and I think
0: it's real easy once you start be like, oh, "Man, that larger detergent she uses just irks me. I hate to smell <laughs> it in <from> my house." <laughs> yeah, it is. It's super easy to become that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I see those things, and I think, if that were my
4: only problem, right?
0: Like, boy, would my life be? Why would I even allow myself to stress over that? But now the me five and a half years ago might would have. Yeah. So I think that's why you have to get into groups. You have to find wise relationships. You have to glean knowledge um, from those things. You know, a big trigger for me is pictures. You ever read something in the groups and and you may not be able to say what your triggers are. I don't know how you, I haven't really seen you say much about that, but pictures. Can I have my baby's newborn pictures made?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wrote a blog about this. Yes, you can have your newborn pictures made, but if you're going to have the stepkids stand there, well, then guess what? You need to get pictures of the stepkids by themselves. Then you need to do a whole happy family picture. It's like a checklist because we did that with our kids. David would take pictures with his kids. I would take pictures with my son. We would take pictures of just the kids together, just his kids, just my son. And I mean, you just, you don't intentionally hurt somebody, but when you're taking all these pictures and everybody's shifting around, nobody really pays attention to who's not in that picture.
0: Yes, and if you want to, like, we're going to do some mommy and me pictures later on in the year. I'm just mm-hmm. not taking anybody but my girl.
1: Yeah, because you're their mommy. Because
0: I'm their mom, you know? And we do. I am one of those people, I love to have pictures made. We, get, we, are, we are fortunate that we only get photos made. I mean, that we are not one of those families that only gets photos made once a year. Mm-hmm. So for the families who have one photo shoot or maybe two a year, I totally get the stress. Like I bet that is like you're ready to implode trying to organize how everybody's going to get in there. I get it.
5: Mm-hmm. But with
0: with us, we don't have that stress. And so like we did some homeschool pictures. Um, a homeschool mom did um, homeschool sessions. And my oldest stepson was not in them at Christmas time. It was just the younger three because they're the ones that homeschool. You know? Nobody has said a word about it. It's not, so, I mean, just like they didn't traipse up to his school pictures and get in them, you know? I mean, I saw somebody post the other day, Any time that photos are made, you should take the other children to make sure they're in them. And I'm like, well, what about when your kids graduate? Because, I mean, you guys have, what, four between you? Is it four or five? I keep forgetting. Five
1: between both five. of us, yeah. Five. got
0: four and you've got one, right? Right. Okay. So, I mean, they're all going to graduate probably at s- separate times, I would assume. I mean, are you going to trace everybody up there when somebody's getting their senior portraits made?
5: hmm
0: I mean, there are some, it is okay for one child to be the center of attention sometimes. And, like, you know, like, we have, we have had pictures made in varying degrees. Um, you know, my daughter just had, in fact, I've got to go pick them up today, her cheer pictures made. I didn't trace the whole family up there and get their photos made with her. You know, I mean, she went and had her photos done on her own. And we do like to take them all, Michael sort of, my husband sort of phased out of this with, with his oldest. I mean, like the younger ones, we try to take them around our birthday and get a shot of each of them. That's just kind of been always something he would like to do when he had the opportunity. I just don't, I find that so crazy to me when people question whether or not they should get their baby's newborn pictures made or my baby's
1: having it their first birthday, you know, and, and like, I'm just like, really? Like, is that really Here's the thing, though. You can't take the stepkids to get the pictures made and then leave them on the sidelines. You know, if I wanted to go get pictures made of my son, I wouldn't load up the whole family and make the stepkids sit there and watch. I mean, that's that's extreme but if you're going to take everybody then do a variety. Do like I said, your step your kid by themselves, the stepkids by themselves, the stepkids and the bio parent, the bio parent and the step parent together. I mean, that blog I'm telling you, I wrote down every option there possibly was and it's a million different options, but that way everybody gets taken care of.
0: To me, people make things so much harder than they have to be.
1: <laughs> yes, you and I were <laughs> that- talking about that before we started recording. They yeah. do. They Pictures
0: do. are a big example of that. Birthdays are a huge example. If you want to have your child's birthday exclusive for them and their friends, mm-hmm. just do it when the stepkids aren't there. Yeah. Just do it. And you know what? If you want to celebrate with a stepkid, have a small celebration at home. But on the flip side of that, if dad wants to have a birthday party for the stepkid, acknowledge that he has a right to do that. You know? Yeah. Birthdays are so hard. I've seen so many different like opinions on that, you know? Um, My husband tends to favor experiences more as they get older. You know, when they get to the, I mean, what what are you doing for a fourteen year old, fifteen year old's birthday party? You know, I mean, especially boys. Like he's like he he's he tends to look for experiences more. And we we actually did. Everybody had low key birthdays this year because I'm one of those people. I'm going to do it right, or I'm not doing it at all. Mm -hmm. And I just got overly stressed out this year. And I was like, you know what? We're doing experiences and. We're just going to celebrate everybody at home. And that's what we did. And it was fine. And, you know, I've already got Pinterest boards full of what we're doing this year for the girls. And Michael's giving me some ideas of what he wants to do for his sons. And, you know, those are the things I think people just totally, um, it helps me that I do have an involved husband, though. I will say that, Mm -hmm. um. It, it it helps me a lot that he, he, he has an opinion on these things. He he has an opinion with our daughters. He wants to be that dad. Um, in fact, we're having to change my daughter. My oldest daughter is a competitive cheerleader. She's just done one year. She's just four, so she's just starting out in that. But we're having to change her gym um, because the gym she's at currently is no longer going to offer cheerleading. And my husband is the dad that's like, okay, make sure you make the appointments to go look at these places when I can go with you. hmm you know, he, because he wants to know, like, what kind of people is my child going to be around? Right. And, like, what kind of atmosphere is it and what do we like about it? Let's try to make this decision together. I love that he is that way. mm mm-hmm. um, You know, and he's that way as a dad. And I think because I respect that he is that way, he loves parenting with me.
1: Mm-hmm. So we
0: have a different. So our children have always been parented a different way than his children were.
1: Right. And that's normal, too.
0: That's very normal. They, they've they been parented differently. And I have so many stepmom friends who say the same thing. You know, my husband is a different dad with me than he was with his ex-wife. Right. Because I'm a different person mm-hmm. than she is. And that doesn't have to be good or bad. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. And because our daughters don't have another party involved ever. They never have had a third party you know and hopefully we will keep our lives together and they never will you know Mm -hmm. Uh, but when you don't and and I see this so much like well my son's dad pays child support but my husband says I need to use that to fund my stepson's hockey team or whatever you know or hockey Mm. games that kind of stuff really bothers me because and, and I don't know why that would even bother me because I don't really have a situation to compare that to. Right. But you know from having your own, sometimes things are different because you've got to go to that other parent, like, to make certain decisions that David doesn't get to make involving your son. Right. You know, like he you know, and as a stepdad, he has to give up some control there too because he doesn't get to decide. Um, I see this a lot with sports being such a big deal in blended families. Mm-hmm. I think they're a big deal mainly because high-conflict individuals use them to keep the other party from having parenting time. Right. I think if we could figure out a way around that, kids could participate more. But because adults who are in high-conflict situations often sign up, and I won't just say moms either. I think it's all around the, the, the spectrum there. Um, we'll sign up. You know, I'll see people say, "Well, I signed my stepdaughter up for such and such, and that's our thing."
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you don't really get that choice. I mean, can you imagine some woman saying they signed your son up for something and you're never allowed to come watch it?
1: Oh no, ma'am. <laughs> I mean,
0: that's your baby. Absolutely not happening. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to miss my daughter's cheer competition because some woman says, "Uh-oh, that's my weekend." My ho- oh, and I, that one gets me too. It's not your weekend; it's your husband's weekend.
1: Yes, or. When you see that the stepmom says, well, the bio mom, whatever, and she's trying to take our child, it's not your kid. No, that is not your kid. That is the bio moms and the bio dads kid. It absolutely is. And listen,
0: I get it because I was one of those people who felt instantly bonded to my youngest stepson. I did. He loved me from the moment he laid eyes on me and I loved him. And I still love him. Guess what? That's not changed. Mm-hmm. But what has changed is the way that we interact
5: with each other.
0: And a lot of things have happened. And I've had two kids. And, you know, having a baby really changed. Tra- I know people say, well, I'm going to love that child as my own no matter what. I still adore my 10-year-old stepson.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: I nacho him less and in a different way than I do his older brother. And that's not that I don't love his older brother or care about him but there are specific circumstances that make it so that our relationship must be different right and with my youngest stepson he is actually a lot more like me than he is his dad he and I like a lot of the same things we enjoy watching the same movies we like to go to plays my husband is not really all that into that kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. that he is um, he is different than his brother and, um, he, you know, he likes different things. He likes to go to art and he likes, um, you know, different kinds of literature. He's just, he's just very different. But then he's also all boy that like, you know, he can't keep a pair of jeans for three weeks without ripping a big hole in the knee. You know, that, you know, that's all go well, I'm sure. Uh-huh. As a boy mom, um, I'm convinced that we need to invent jeans that cannot be ripped by a, um, pre adolescent boy because like he's always doing something you know he's rough and humble and all those things. And so there's aspects of his life that like, yeah I'm a girl mom so I don't always get, you know, and that's okay. We don't have to connect on those.
1: But mm-hmm. I think
5: you just
0: find the things that you do connect with your child with your stepson or your stepdaughter and you allow that connection to be as close as they want it to be and as close as you're comfortable with.
4: Right.
2: And then
0: you just, you know, from there, you just kind of move forward as best that you can. And, you know, like, that's just really all you can do. You can't, you can't force a round peg into a square hole. Mm-hmm. And so I can't force a piece of a puzzle that doesn't fit into that puzzle. And so many times we're trying to force ourselves into the puzzle when we don't fit.
1: Right. Or we are trying to force a blended family to fit into a nuclear family piece of a puzzle. And it doesn't work that way. Once you let go of those nuclear family expectations and nuclear family dreams and let things flow naturally with the blend, it is so much better. Yes, it is. And, you know,
0: I think one of the biggest examples, and I'll give a personal example if you want me to, but I think one thing that you say all the time, and I see this, when people start talking about their husband asking them to do something, the first question I see you ask about 80 to 90% of the time is, does this stress you out? Mm-hmm. And then I started kind of following that before I really understood exactly what nacho was because I had started to disengage because of things, particularly my oldest stepson's mental illness made it very clear to me I was going to have to pull back. And so that wasn't really like following a nacho method. That was just me kind of having to take a step back and saying, wait a minute, I, I can't just be a part of this kind of thing. Right. So, um, or, or I need to, I need dad to do the biggest portion of this or whatever. And so, and I think I gave you this example before we started recording, but, you know, when my youngest, oldest stepson started going through the IEP process to get an IEP at school, my husband came to me and he was like, I really want you to go with me to the
1: IEP meeting
0: because he said, that's your job. That's, you know, I mean, if I were like a doctor, he'd be wanting me to go to like a doctor's appointment,
1: you know? Right. He didn't mean it was your job to go to the IEP, meaning he meant that you were familiar with how all this works because your right. job he was wasn't a teacher. He was
0: asking me to be a parent. He was asking me as a professional, like as his spouse for support, but also as a professional.
5: Mm-hmm. He
0: valued my opinion as a professional in that regard. And, um, and in the beginning, I kind of didn't see that that's what he needed. I kind of thought, why is he, you know, wanting me to do all that? you know? And, um, so I initially knew in the beginning, just, you know, kind of sit back and be quiet. And I kind of started telling Michael, like, you know, my husband, you know, like saying, okay, look, you might want to check into XYZ or you need to look up because they're kind of not following protocol or stuff like that behind the scenes. And he would go and he, see, this is the thing that makes my husband great though, because he would go and check into it. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't expect me to fix it. He, he was just like asking me, Hey, what's kind of not getting done here. What do you see? What if, what should I be asking for? And then he would go ask for it. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing he started asking for in third grade was some testing. He wanted some testing that needed to be done, done. He started pushing for it then. And, and there was pushback from mom. And she didn't want it done. And I, and I knew instantly there was no need for me to continue to be in those meetings.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It was stressing me out, really, as an educator. Because I was thinking, we've got to do this, you know? Right. And, but I began to take it personally too. And you cannot do that. You know, even talking about it now, because I have an expressive voice, you just you have to remind yourself, this is not personal. Right. And so, but it feels personal.
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: so, I didn't go for a while, you know, to IEP meetings. And I stepped back out of that stuff for a while. and. You know, and then when it became a situation where it would no longer be stressful for me to do it, and my husband asked me again, like, you know, could you come with me in this scenario? And then when he was tested, my husband said, Would you come when they re- give me the results? Because I, I want to make sure that, you know, that I'm asking for everything I need to ask for based on the results. And so it was not stressful then, mm-hmm. it didn't cause me problems then. And so if something is causing you to be so stressed out and excitable and raising your blood pressure and getting you fired up, I would suggest just step out of it for a couple of days and stop thinking about it and see if it really matters to you enough to die on that mountain.
4: Right. Yep.
0: And, if it's just, I mean, hey, look, I get it. There are some things, I do not nacho the safety of my children.
1: Right. And you should never nacho safety of your children. And,
0: I, and, and you know um, some of our story on that, and I'm not going to get into specifics on the podcast, but there are some things right now with my oldest stepson that I cannot nacho because mm-hmm. of the safety of my children.
1: And it's not a matter of you saying, because a lot of people go, well, I can't nacho that. You know, like, I can't nacho the dirty towel on the floor. Well, yeah, you can. But when it comes to the safety of your children, you can't and you should not ever nacho that.
0: No, and that's, to me, sometimes I think about this, and I don't know if you really want me to use this terminology or not, because it almost sounds harsh. But when I start looking at whether or not something should be nachoed, I try to use common sense. (laughs) Like, would (laughs) I nacho that? If it were some, so would I not show this? And I'm using a lot of personal examples for many, but would I not show what's going on with my oldest stepson? If you and I were local friends and we spent a lot of time together and your son was doing, you know, was, was acting out aggressively towards my daughter, would I not show that? No, no you would not. And vice versa, you would not. Mm-hmm. And so you have to. Um, Use some common sense. And I see things like that all the time. People say, well, they're hitting my child. Okay. Look, if dad won't take it seriously, go get you some cameras and put them up and let dad Mm -hmm. see it.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: Like there are ways to get around and making sure that your child is safe and that your husband is seeing things. Right. Now, I am very fortunate if I see something take place and I feel it needs to be addressed and I go to my husband, he trusts me because my word matters to him. Mm-hmm. And my opinion matters to him. And I, I would, if I went to him and said, look, this is what was said to me, or this happened in front of me, he would handle it immediately. I don't have to go through 27 hoops to prove to him what's going on. Right. Okay. But now he has seen more mentally on his own with me stepping back, and I haven't had to go to him as much. Right. But in cases where I have had to go to him, I have been thankful that he was receptive and I appreciate that he cares enough about all of us to listen to my concerns and try to find a solution. Mm-hmm. But I hear that a lot. I can't not show because like, my husband won't take me seriously. Well, you got a husband problem.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. It's
0: not a child problem, you know, because siblings do hit each other, okay? My yes, they girl- do are 14 months apart, and they have never seen professional wrestling on the television, but you would <laughs> not know that from watching their day-to-day interactions with one another, okay? Uh-huh. And so, and I remember the first time my oldest started hitting,
5: because I went,
0: I told our pediatrician, I'm like, she's hitting her sister, and she said, they'll stop in about 16, 17
1: years,
5: and I was like, do you mm-hmm. want
1: Yeah. And, you know, I talk about this, too, when somebody says, well, my stepkid is hitting my bio kid or, you know, they fight all the time. You have to be careful with this, though, because there is a fine line in letting them build a bond. Mm -hmm. My sister and I beat the snot out of each other. (laughs) Some of our fondest memories were the fights we got into. Because you bonded. You picked on each other. That's that's what you do. You know, that's the sister thing or the brother thing, the sibling thing. And with my son, it was hard for me to step back and let him go through that with the stepbrothers because I was like, they're bullying my kid or they're picking on my kid. They were bonding with him.
0: And it's harder, too, because they were kind of like a pack, probably, and he was on his own. Yes, So it probably felt so personal of them ganging up on him
1: initially, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, it did.
0: And I think us having two and two sort of, and plus the age differences and ours are all my husband's children. Mm -hmm. Um, that gives him a different, that gives him a different opinion. I I really always feel heartbroken for the people who say I had a baby with my husband and he just doesn't love my baby like he does his own. That, that is a, um, I read those and I I just, I have to fight back tears sometimes because I just cannot fathom. I mean, my girls and their daddy, oh gosh. Let me ask you
1: this. Do you think that it might just be that, hey, they're babies and dads just usually aren't as involved when they are babies and he may not have been involved with his other kids when they were babies either, but they're older now. So you see the interaction. Well, and that's probably true in a lot of cases because we don't know.
0: My, my husband is one of those, like, he loves to be involved dad. And a lot mm-hmm. of that is because he missed the opportunities. He wasn't allowed to be as involved when they were small
5: mm-hmm. with, his
0: young, with his other children. So it shaped how he parented and was involved with our kids. If right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But he probably, he says all the time, I was not the dad I am now mm-hmm. when my boys were
4: younger. Right,
0: and, he, and he's even told them, and I'm sorry for that, guys. I'm I'm attempting to be the best dad for you in every season of life that I can be. Mm-hmm. And so, so you're probably right. I, I think because we didn't see them, you know, in those relationships in the beginning, you have to step back and realize, too, that sometimes because dad, did, hey, there are some dads that just don't become involved until a stepmom comes along.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, and hey, that's probably Super, super, super confusing to a woman who's like, oh, there's been a court order that, like, he hasn't wanted to follow it. Or, or even in my husband's case, he kind of let himself get run over. And then when I came along, I was like, look, I'm not going to have my life constantly disrupted. So, like, if you're going to put up with that, then, like, you go your way and you do what you want to do. But I'm going to be over here doing my, I'm not, I've got to have some time to plan my life. hmm you know, I'm a type A personality. I know what my kids are wearing to church next Sunday.
1: You know? Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs> and, and I do. And, you know, and that, I'm Southern too, so that's important. Um,
1: <laughs> that's very important.
0: I'm all, I keep cracking these Southern jokes. I don't know why today. But, I mean, I am just, I'm very much that mom. There, my daughter, is. her birthday, is, I mean, she's six months away. And I already know what kind of birthday party she's having this year. You know?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: That is Very much an ingrained, and part of that's the teacher personality, that's just ingrained in who I am. That is part of me. And when I initially became a stepmom, I gave up so much of who I was to try to fit the mold of what I felt like I needed to do. And -hmm. when I just kind of stepped back and I was like, gosh, I'm just going to be myself. You know, and I I told my oldest stepson not too long ago, I said, you and I have such a different opportunity here. Like, I do not have to fill a mother role to you in any capacity. Right. Like, I don't have to do anything more in in my role than you're comfortable with. So, if you are never comfortable with me handling, you know, telling you what to do or whatever, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. But I cannot allow, and in my situation, I do feel like there's some extremeness here.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: I cannot allow my stepson's current behavior and mental illness to affect my children. Right. So I have to advocate for them for him to get help Mm
4: -hmm. alongside
0: my husband. And, you know, I feel like sometimes to him, he feels like that's punishment because it means that if he does get out of control, we file a report with his JPO or whatever. And, you know, lobbying for him to get the best care possible. But that is about the safety of my children. And even my youngest stepson, I mean, I, I, I don't even not say safety where he's concerned. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: Um, If a situation with his brother is unsafe, my husband trusts me to remove him instantly. He knows I'm not just taking off with his kid, you know? Right. Um, He he trusts me to make that decision because that's what's the very best decision for everybody in our household. And sometimes Mm -hmm. there have been situations where I've had to do that. You know, I've had to tell him, you know, here, come with me for a little bit and let dad handle this, you know? Um, So... There are different levels to this, and I, I just feel like we have to use common sense as we do with anything else in our lives. You know,
5: mm-hmm.
0: um, and, you know, and a lot of that's just like if you can't you can't plan something around your calendar, just don't just don't worry about it. If it needs to be that dad sits somebody down and explains why, then he does why. If it's within your power, you know, like if, if you're having your kids, you know, and as kids get older, I see this being like a thing too. Like sometimes they're like, I don't. You know, especially if they're not close to a step-sibling, they maybe want to have a, you know, a party at a laser tag place with their, with their friends.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And you just explain to your husband, hey, my son wants to do this with his friends. And why don't we just have a small celebration at home when your kids are here for his birthday, if you're comfortable with that,
4: you know? right? And,
0: hey, look, sometimes the kids don't even want to be in the pictures either. You know, my oldest stepson, he didn't want to be in Santa pictures this year. He wasn't. We didn't, we enforced that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, It's okay. Yeah. Like, we have to get to a point where we just say, it is okay. Right. So, if if it is that we're able to do things, if it's within our power, you know, I mean, if it's something that we enjoy doing, Mm -hmm. do it. You know? Like, I like to plan celebrations. Mm -hmm. I like to buy matching Christmas pajamas. I like to do those things. If my stepkids don't want to participate in
1: that, that is
0: their choice.
1: And I'm not going to be offended because
0: I'm making a choice not to be offended.
1: Right. (laughs) You make the choice to not be offended. That's it.
5: I
0: I have made the choice. And look, let me tell you, it takes me because I'm one of those people that like, I really like to make people happy.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: I had to read the book Boundaries and I also had to read the book Approval Addiction multiple times. In many capacities in my life. Like, I was one of those teachers. I didn't want anybody to ever be unsatisfied with my work, you know? Mm-hmm. So, becoming a stepmom will be a real jolt of reality when you're a people pleaser.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> because
0: sometimes you cannot please anybody. Right. Like, no matter what I do, I cannot please my oldest stepson.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I can give in to his every whim, I can buy everything he requests. I can. Totally let him do whatever he wants to do when his dad is not around and say not a word and he will still find fault with my actions. Right. And I think that we have to remind ourselves, I'm just going to have to make a choice not to be offended. And if it's not working for you, then you need to go to your spouse and say, listen, can we talk about this? This, you know, me watching your kids on the weekend when you're working, just not working out. hmm. And what can we do? What's an alternative solution? You know, like, we don't have local grandparents. I mean, there's probably some situations where, like, a local grandma would love six hours with her grandkid,
5: you know? Right.
0: Um, You're not a failure if you can't handle part of this. Mm -hmm. Because it's not
5: natural.
4: Right.
0: You know, it's not natural to try to raise somebody else's children.
4: Mm -mm, It's not.
0: Um, and I do not mean that in any way towards adoption. I feel like adoption and step parenting are two different facets.
1: Yeah, even foster parenting—that is completely
4: different.
0: I feel like it's all a different mindset. I do not like to see comparisons drawn with the two. Hmm. Um. I do feel. I feel it's very, very, very different. Um. So I just feel like we have to continually remind ourselves, it's just mm-hmm. not personal. It's okay if they don't want to do something. It is okay if you nacho differently. Mm -hmm. My youngest stepson has different needs than my oldest. He has a different connection. You know, he wants to be more connected. Um, He enjoys his relationship with me more, and that's okay. Right. And I have friends who are along that line with their stepkids. One of their stepkids has a different relationship with them than others. You know, Mm -hmm. and sometimes, like, growing up, you know, like, my mom is one of three, and she's like, you know, I was always closer to my mom, but... You know what? Like one sibling might be closer to dad or whatever. You know, it, sometimes I think even in nuclear families, like, you don't always have the same relationship.
1: Yeah. My older sister was closer to my mom. Me, I am a daddy's girl. And my little sister, she played the fence.
0: <laughs> whatever she could get at the time, huh?
1: Exactly. Which everyone was going to baby her the most.
0: Listen, that's the baby in them. I've got one of those right now. She's the mm-hmm. baby of the family, and she,
5: she's... she's oh.
0: <laughs> she is something else. She is purely the baby. I mean, it is, you know, and your stepkids may never bond with your kids. They may never even bond with their half siblings. Um,
1: And that's okay too.
0: It is. It's okay. I think you have to, I think you have to learn how to utilize the relationship to where everyone is comfortable and where it's working out the very best for everybody.
1: Right. Because if you try to force your Kids to have a bond with your stepkids, it's not going to happen. And even if you get it to happen for a day, it's going to turn around and it's going to go back because these bonds have to form naturally. Yes, they do.
0: Hey, and I have some friends who are have their well, their step siblings, and they call each other sisters. I mean, they don't distinguish between the two, but they, um, and I was talking with them about this one day, and they said, you know, growing up, though, I I don't remember when I started calling her my sister, but I can remember it being difficult in the beginning. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I didn't feel like she was my sister from day one.
4: Right. Yeah, but you grow.
0: And and, and if you're, especially in situations where they're raised in the same home for Mm -hmm. longer, you know, like, I would anticipate that that my youngest stepson and my daughters will probably always be closer because they will have spent the most time under the same roof together, you mm-hmm. know. And they may never grow into, like, the same relationship that my girls have with each other. Right. You know, there, there may always be, because I do think our children feel our emotional distance to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that they um, that they sense it. And that they kind of follow suit sometimes, and that's why I think it sometimes it's very important to nacho before you get real bitter. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Um, because it can be easily, you know, it's okay to have your feelings, you know, but maybe go to therapy and talk about them instead of, or find a real close friend that gets it. Don't mm-hmm. don't try to make your step kid understand why you don't like while they're there that they're there. <laughs> you right. hmm. Um. That's just not going to work out well, and sometimes trying to make your husband understand is not going to work out well either, right, because at the end of the day, no matter what their kid does or says or how they act, or the heartbreak that they may be feeling
4: in situations
0: involving their child, there is a parent that loves that child like you loved your baby the first time you held them.
4: Mhm, yes,
0: and I think that also helped me with my husband the first time I held my own to realize, like, you know, because let me tell you, that oldest one of mine, she is some kind of sassy, but I overlook a lot of stuff because she's mine.
1: Right. You know, Yes. Um, it's a lot easier that way.
0: It is. It's a lot easier to not, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Like, your child probably has certain things that just drive you crazy, mm-hmm. but you really don't want anybody else to comment on them.
1: Right. That's not anybody else's place.
0: You know, like, Chewing is one of them. Like, my husband gets annoyed sometimes with the way my stepkids chew. But he doesn't need me to point it out every night.
1: Right. You know? And what you focus on will grow. So if you're sitting at the dinner table and you're thinking about little Johnny smacking every time he takes a bite, guess what? You are going to amplify that sound by 100 decibels because that's what you're focusing on.
0: Absolutely. You're 100%.
1: That's why I quit eating with the stepkids when we would have spaghetti. I could not handle the slurping. It made me just want to smack everybody in the face with a spaghetti noodle. So I just did not eat spaghetti with them. It was simple.
0: And how did your mindset change once you started that? Like what kind of like, I mean, in the beginning, because I know like the nacho is kind of like what you found it. I mean, what made you just kind of like start, did you just start slowly backing up one day and realizing, hey, this is working?
1: No, um, I dramatically backed up when we had left a counselor That kept telling me they are not your kids. And I argued with him, of course, because that's, you know, kind of what I do. And I'm like, well, I know that, duh. I know how many kids I gave birth to. And I'm like, but I don't want their teeth to fall out of their head. And he's like, they are not your kids. And it hurt my feelings kind of because I did care about them. And then that's all he kept saying to me. And when we were leaving, you know, we were making fun of him or I was making fun of the counselor. And I was like, they are not your kids. And then it hit me and I'm like, they are not my kids. So from that point forward, when I walked in that door, I did not tell them anything to do from a parental standpoint. Nothing. Now, we did have that resentment and bitterness built up between us. So I had to disengage or step back for about a year fully. And when I say that, I didn't say, hey, supper's ready, because if they ignored me, it would make me mad. When they Uh walked in, I didn't say, hey, you know, did y'all have a good time at your mom's or it's good to see you? Because if they didn't respond to me, it made me mad. So I just completely stepped back. If they asked me something, you know, if they said, hey, Lori, of course I said, hey, you know, I mean, you, you know, like you said, common sense. Don't be just hateful. And but if they asked me, you know, what's for dinner? That was a trigger for me to ask me what's for dinner because, you know, I just walked in the door from work. I didn't like cooking in the first place and they complained about my food. So my response would be, go ask your dad. But once I disengaged or once we came back from that um, counseling appointment that night, when I started full on nacho, as we call it, girl, I didn't even cook for those kids because I was not setting myself up to hear crap come out of their mouth about me.
0: And it changes. Like, once you start doing that, it will just totally change.
1: It was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. I was happy again. I loved my husband again. I wasn't stressed about coming home. I didn't sit at the end of the driveway and think, please let this tree fall on my car. I mean, you know, (laughs) I just, it completely changed things. And it took a while for me to re-engage with them and, you know, we try tried to preach this in the Facebook group, but nachoing is not just stepping back. It's stepping back, finding what role suits for you, identifying your triggers, learning mm-hmm. how to handle those or avoid them, becoming more self-aware. Like you said, you created 90% of your stress. You yeah. have to figure that stuff out, and that's all part of the Nacho Kids method. And then the ultimate goal is to re engage with the stepkids in a non parental role, kind of like the fun aunt or, you know, just a friend. One of the stepkids tells people I'm his best friend, you know, because that's what role that I've taken on with him. Now, the other three, they're not going to tell you that, but that's the role I have with him.
0: And it's okay. And the, I keep saying it's okay. So that's my new mantra. Okay, but it's not the same with everybody else, you know. And right. I created so much chaos in my own life by trying. Mm-hmm. Like, I will give you a perfect example. I am a person, I'm telling you, I got this type A personality. I have always taken care of my things, it's important to me. I, my mother will tell you, I have always been like fastidious about stuff. I, I, I mean. I've had to learn to let go just having children because I like my throw pillows to remain on the sofa where they're supposed to be. And, you know, I don't really like crumbs on the floor and my children don't have much regard for those niceties. (laughs) So I've had to learn, even with my own children, and I have to stop and ask myself, number one, does this get on my nerves because it's a step kid or does this get on my nerves because it's just something I don't like? But my stepchildren do not take care of their things. Mm Mm-hmm. They do not take care of the clothes you buy them. Now, my youngest stepson has gotten so much better. He he likes to dress. And so he's a little bit funnier about his clothes than the older one. Um, But my oldest stepson is not going to take care of anything that I give him. Like, if they get a game on Christmas Day, it is broken or torn apart by the end of January maximum. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they just got new bedding last year. Their bedding is already, it just looks so terrible. And that is hard for me to nacho because that is in my home. Right. Okay. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Um, but I had to learn, I'm not going to run out and replace that Mm -hmm. because I I can go do that because I want it to be replaced because it's driving me crazy. But I'm going to be more bitter when they tear that next set up.
1: Right. And they're boys. Boys and girls are different.
0: They are very different. And that is hard, you know, because my youngest stepson, he will take care of stuff a little bit better. He, um, you know, he just, he's not quite hit that face. He's real funny about he doesn't want to sink and stuff like that. You know, he wants, <laughs> you know,
5: he, mm-hmm.
0: I, I'm, I'm scared we're going to lose that soon. <laughs> you know yeah. how they all come about, where they're just, just kind of like, Ugh. You know, um, and I know some of that just from being around boys, but I also know that some of it is how you were taught to value things at a young age right and so i try to be very particular with my girls i mean we still don't keep up with every little barbie clothes on my nemesis right now you didn't have a girl
5: so you just don't (laughs) know but
0: barbie clothes trying to keep up with those tiny little shoes and trying to keep up with the tiny little purses all that right now i'm just like oh and we have to change those barbies 372 times a day um (laughs) <laughs> but I attempt to keep all of that Barbie stuff together as best I can, because I want to illustrate to them, this is how we take care of those things.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And hopefully over just living that way, it will do like it did for me and it will just be, become part of your nature. Um, they don't have to be just like me. I mean, I, I'm not one of those moms that wants my children to be like clones. Um, picking up a throw pillow won't bother me if they learn to do that. Uh, <laughs> But, yes. but I have to just take a step back and realize I did not rear them to take care of their things a certain way. Mm-hmm. I didn't rear my stepchildren to do that. Right. So my end goal with them is not for the. Is, I shouldn't even have an end goal.
1: You know? Yes. Yes. Repeat that again.
0: I shouldn't even have an end goal because right. my goals are about raising my children, not yes. my stepchildren. So mm-hmm. if my stepchildren never take care of the thing we buy them and they walk around looking semi-ready, and let me tell you, that is hard for me
5: because I,
0: especially like when we go out to eat or go to church or anything like that, it is very difficult for me to bite my tongue off when my oldest stepson walks out the door on Sunday morning looking like he rolled around in his Sunday bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, Really? I mean, it's seventy-four degrees outside. He looks like he's going to enter. He's going to like try out for the band Nirvana because he's got on a. <laughs> a I'm serious, and, and I'm just like you've got on a flannel. We live in Alabama. There's about three days out of the year you need to wear that. Uh
5: huh. You look like you have just put a
0: hole in your brand new J Crew dress pants, but I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Uh huh. And I mean, there are times I have to bite my tongue off.
5: Yes. Mm -hmm. And
0: I especially have to bite my tongue off when he cusses at me. Oh, no, no, no. I have to, like, really, so I always, now, and and I will say to him, if, like, my husband's out there, like, I'm not saying, I'm not speaking to you that way. I would appreciate if you don't speak to me that way. Mm -hmm. And something else I learned to do with them, and a lot of people are going to disagree with this, and maybe this won't work in your home, but I've had tremendous success with this with my youngest stepson. Instead of telling him what he wants, What I want him to do, I just kind of ask, hey, would you come bring that laundry hamper in here and pour that into my washing machine for me?
1: That makes the world of difference. I had talked about that on a podcast previously. Just by me saying, hey, can you help me? Instead of saying, (laughs) hey, unload the dishwasher because that's your job and da-da-da-da. Or just saying, you know, if I just said, hey, can you help me and unload the dishwasher while I fix supper? Or something like that you would not believe the difference. It, it, has, it has
0: worked wonders. Now, it does not always work. It, it even right. works with my oldest stepson a lot with me. It does mm-hmm. not work as much for their dad for some reason. He has to be more authoritative, and maybe they're just speaking that with him. I don't know. Um, but, like, with my youngest stepson, it has just worked tremendously well for me to just say, hey, could you please put your clothes away? And, like, my, my husband's pretty funny about, like things, And so a lot of times he'll, like a bomb went off in his bedroom before, like maybe 45 minutes before dad gets home. And he's got his papers all spread out and he's finishing his work up for the day or whatever. And I might just go in there and say, hey, I just want to remind you dad gets home in 45 minutes. He
2: mm-hmm. knows
0: his dad expects to see that room clean when he walks in. I don't need to tell him twenty two any two times.
1: Right. Let's address this, though, because you nacho. But that's something you do not nacho because it works for you. You get a response from him. He doesn't ignore you. He doesn't disrespect you. Mm -hmm. You just, hey, look, I'm helping you out, dude. I don't want you to get fussed at by your dad. Your dad will be home shortly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and I don't do things that would be like demeaning to my husband. Like I don't like allow him to get out of punishment or something and be like, don't mm-hmm. tell bad this or anything like that. Right. But I mean, I might give him a reminder. My youngest stepson, we have like kind of a joke, like he never knows what time it is or what day it is. We're all, especially since he's been homeschooling. I was like, we got to start doing the date every day. Um, <laughs> but he like, you know, sometimes he'll be like, it's Saturday. i thought it was Wednesday. And, you know, and I'm like, "No baby but he, he will lose track of time quite easily sometimes and so if I just go in there and say but hey if he chooses not to be I'm not hey dad's gonna be home in 45 minutes and then that's kind of like his like he might think oh I need to get done anything I gotta get done I better get this room picked up or whatever I don't even have to give a command
1: right you're not going back in going I told you 15 minutes ago your dad will be here soon
0: no I don't do that and I'll tell you what has really helped is in the moments when like you know, like if have you ever like just all of a sudden somebody calls you and they're coming over and you're like, Oh my gosh, everybody do your part. Throw everything in the laundry basket. Get everything picked
1: up. <laughs> Put everything in the closet.
0: <laughs> in those moments when I am having to dish out commands, maybe, there's a better response, I think, because I've changed the way that I've spoken
5: in mm-hmm. other times.
0: You know, like like if he knows if I'm like I'm just gonna do this, that I've probably got like a reason behind it. Like I'm probably not meaning it like. Mm-hmm. But it has, it has changed a lot for us for me to learn to do that. And I'll tell you, sometimes like you have to remind yourself because you're like, gosh, I'm like a parent. And then you're like, wait a minute, but I'm not. And right. would I tell my best friend's child to go clean their room?
1: Nope. No. Mm-mm. Well, and two, I look at it like this. Nobody likes to be told what to do. So True. asking is so much better for anybody. And especially with a kid that... You know, maybe your kids help you or the stepkids help you because you're a woman asking for help mm-hmm. versus their dad saying, hey, can you help me? And they're like, uh, you can do it yourself. Whereas you, it might be, you know, almost the chivalry of, you know, I'm helping her kind of thing. Whether they even realize it or not, that may be part of what's driving them to be more apt to help you.
0: Well, and my youngest stepson, words of affirmation are a real big thing for him. And he has learned, I think, that like, so when he, like, if I say to him, "Can you go and bring the laundry basket and pour it into the washing machine? He will go do that because he really enjoys me saying, thank you. You were such a big help to me. Yes. Like, that really matters to him. And Mm -hmm. I know when you nacho, in certain relationships, you don't worry about how the child receives, like, love or affirmation or any of that. And I get that, like, because, hey, I'm kind of there with my oldest stepson. I still try to be kind but like I'm not actively seeking connection with him at the moment because there's things that he needs to work through in his own self and he he needs some help right now. And so our goals with him are very, and I do have some goals there. I mean, he has to be safe to be around my children to be able to interact with him. So I think that's very different, but with my younger stepson, I'm able to have a different relationship. And so I am able to feed things that he might need, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, yeah. because I'm capable of doing that, and you might be the same, especially with your one that looks at you as a friend, because you mm-hmm. might be able to say, hey, you did a great job today, buddy, and that might really matter to him.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And it may have just been five seconds
4: where you saw, you know,
0: something or whatever, um, but to him, it may really matter, and it may strengthen a connection that he has with you. Um, some kids, that doesn't matter to them. They don't care, you know.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Because that's not their love language.
0: Right. It's not their love language. And some of them have been told that they're perfect their whole life. And I think that sometimes we, we allow our children, and hey, I, I look, I love my kids. I'm a very indulgent mother. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I have to kind of remind myself sometimes, like, they're not steering the ship here, Johnny. You, yeah. you got to do that. And, uh-huh. and so I can't, but if my stepkids have been allowed to steer the ship, I can't change that. Right. I can only alter that with my own children because I have a right as their mother to try to alter that.
4: Mm -hmm. And so
0: I think we just have to learn the difference. Sometimes I almost think it would be easier if the word mom was not in the title stepmom.
4: Yes.
1: Yes. I've talked about that, but I can't think of a different word. I know. Other other than my dad's wife. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And look, if my stepson only respected me as his father's wife, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I am his daddy's wife, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I, that's just how it is. And yeah. to his dad, I am exceptionally important, but to him, I may never be,
1: mm-hmm. you know. One one of my stepkids says that um, he looks at me as an ex- extension of his dad.
0: And hey, that's great.
1: Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Doesn't bother me at all. Because I was giving him a hard time. I'm like, why aren't you sending me videos of you doing this? Or because he would send them to his dad. He's like, because dad needs to show you. Or I thought dad would show you. I'm like, your dad can't remember to show me that. And he's like, well, you're an extension of him, so he needs to. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's a great way to look at it. Look, Hey, if my stepkid just looked at me as an extension of his dad, I'd
5: be pleased,
1: you know? mm
0: mm-hmm. um, and if my youngest stepson gets older and he's like, you know, and he starts pulling away, then that's the relationship he's comfortable with. I can't, I'm not going to force him um, to have a different relationship with me. I don't I don't want to force anything that's unhealthy on him. Right. Um, in the same way that I wouldn't do that to my best friend's daughter, you know?
4: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Um, I just think that it's, I think it's a mindset we have to get into. And it's super, super hard sometimes in the beginning because you have to give up some things to get freedom.
1: Yes. But stepmoms look at getting, a lot of stepmoms look at letting go of control as they're losing. No. It's no, brutal. you, you are gaining so much when you let go of things you can't control. Yes, it's absolute
0: freedom. You, you pick up, and you know, for me, and my faith plays a lot in this too. That's a biblical principle too. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to give up sometimes to get more. Right. And, um. You have to let go of something that you love sometimes to be blessed with things that you've been asking for, because sometimes you're standing in your own way. and And I think if we I think we get a false sense of control when in reality, we never had control to begin with, because in a lot of cases, the court controls what happens. Yes. like somebody completely out of the equation controls when Dad sees his kid or how much money Dad pays to mom. Or, you know, and look, all of those things are difficult. Mm -hmm. And I am not one of those set moms that says, hey, I abhor when people
1: say that to me. You knew he had kids. Absolutely. I knew he had kids. Yeah, but you didn't know that they were little aliens.
0: Yeah, I had no idea I was going to walk through the stuff I've had to walk through. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Neither did my husband. If everybody knew, nobody would get married. Right. You know, my husband always says that like this. Like, we always have this joke, and I don't know why, but particularly on Easter Sunday, everything that can go wrong on Easter Sunday morning does. Like, everything. Mm-hmm. And so, Michael will look at me, sometimes we'll get in the car, and he said this a couple years in a row. He's like, if, if our parents told us how hard it was to get children to church on Easter, nobody would have children.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Because like he's like, have fun, have kids. They say it'll be fun on holidays. They say he's like, do people really know what they're getting into?
1: No, we don't.
0: You don't you have Mm-mm. no idea? You don't know that that baby's gonna spin up on that brand new Easter dress you haven't got a photo of. And mm-hmm. You don't know that somebody's gonna pull somebody's hair, and you especially don't know in the three to four year old years that right before you walk out the door, every time you're running late, somebody's gotta go potty. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see all of that and you don't know. Hey, and it's true, you forget how bad that labor hurt because then you have another one and you're like, why did I do this to myself again? You know? Mm-hmm. So I think it is so unfair. I didn't know what I was signing up for when I had two daughters. You know? I mean, I think it's, and they're my own babies and I love every second of it. Yes, but I am. I didn't know what it was going to be like to be a mom. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the emotions I was going to have associated with my children, and I didn't know how, you know, one of them would have this personality and one would have the other. So, how could I possibly have foreseen the future of what it would be like to help steer someone else's children?
1: Right. Exactly.
0: You know, I mean, when you start a new job, you don't always know. I didn't know I was going to love being a teacher. I didn't know I was going to be a teacher when I went to college, Mm -hmm. you know? So I believe that is incredibly unfair to say to women or to men in that situation, because nothing in life is like that. I mean, I didn't know what being on this podcast was going to be like until you and I started talking. Right. Exactly. How can I possibly know what it was going to be like to watch my husband fight for custody of his kids and to to help him navigate things that sometimes seem impossible?
4: Mm-hmm. You know, that's right.
0: Because it does. It, it feels. Super, super impossible some days, you know. And people say you can't nacho because my husband has. Po- look, my stepkids are here 365 days. They'll be 366 days this year, mm-hmm. and I am able to nacho both of them at some level because they have a capable parent who is capable of doing the things that need to be done for them.
1: Exactly. And look how much you have grown, though.
0: Oh gosh, yes. Like I would not have said all these things. I am like the person who five years ago would have chastised somebody for not wanting to watch their stepkids while their husband works.
1: Uh-huh. And you would have flipped out on somebody that said they nachoed their stepkids, wouldn't you? Tell the truth.
0: Probably. I would have been like, what is that? What do you mean? <laughs> but now, what mine, I, didn't, I wasn't like that very long because of circumstances that happened. Not because I just naturally am so great and picked up on it so fast. Mm-hmm. Um,
5: yeah.
0: If that makes sense. Like, things happen that caused me to have to pull back because I needed emotional space.
1: Yeah. That's why a lot of people don't get nachoing because they don't need to at this point in time
0: yeah and I think it's really easy sometimes to not see where you might be going wrong in an area because I have done things genuinely out of the kindness of my heart like with all of the best intentions when I still should have done nothing at all
5: mm-hmm.
0: I mean have you ever done that you're like I yes ma'am totally just bought you know my stepkid something for their birthday or something I mean I you know and I think we have to get to a point where we're like look it's not personal if they hate the things I buy them so be it.
4: Mhm. That's right. You know? Right. If they
1: hate what you buy them then your options are to not buy them anything else or not have expectations when you give people gifts. That is correct. And
0: and that's hard if you're somebody who really loves to please people. Mhm. You know, like because I'm one of those people that I really like to make people happy. Right. So, I have to work extra hard in my own mind to not allow those expectations to swallow me whole. Yes. Because they mm-hmm. will. They will swallow you whole. And there are so many facets to this journey that you do not see coming. I did not know my stepson was going to have the level of mental illness that he has. Right. I did not know he would someday be unsafe in situations.
4: Mm-hmm. I
0: did not know, you know, because what my husband's dealing with him, with him is way more than teenage rebellion. It's It's a hard road. It's very hard to navigate the mental health system. In this country, as it
5: is,
0: (laughs) and anybody that's gone through that knows. But you know what? Even in that situation, I still could not care more than his daddy does.
4: Right. Mm
0: -hmm. So thankfully, he has a parent that really cares. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful my husband cares because I see this all the time, and I just want to say these people, and I've said it, and I've seen you type it, other people type it, and say, look, you can't care more than dad does. If she's dressing inappropriately, you can't care more about it than dad does. You know, you just have to explain. I don't have a lot of this because my children are different gendered. you know, than my stepkids. But, you know, like if my daughter wanted to dress one way and my stepdaughter was allowed to dress, you know, more provocatively, I would just have to explain to her. These are our rules. Exactly.
1: It's really simple.
0: (laughs) I can't control what her parents allow her to do, Mm -hmm. but I can control what I allow you to do. So let's you and me talk about what we think we can do to work this out exactly so I don't know I think we just a lot of times we make things way more complicated and I am not calling anybody else out but myself
4: right oh yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah. I mean when I'm telling a stepmom something of you need to step back that's not your place honey I'm not being a hypocrite I had to tell myself the same stuff
0: yes and Mm -hmm. so many people won't glean from other people's knowledge. Right. I, I have been there. I didn't want to hear it either. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? Um, when I was Cinderella meeting my Prince Charming, I didn't take stepkids into account. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I was going to be looked at more as the evil stepmother than I was Cinderella.
4: Right. You know what I'm
0: saying? Like, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't realize I, in my mind, I was for, portraying the leading role with my husband there. And I did not see and so when the other came about it it felt like I was being demoted but you know what you're not because if you look at yourself as your husband's wife that's your that's your role and you're not going to be demoted from that unless something you know inappropriate happens you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like that's your role that's my forever role hopefully that we will always work on that and I think that's another thing too that's really important in all this is continuing to work on that fundamental right there, because if you're not with your husband anymore, what role do you even have in those kids' lives? So right. if you're letting your marriage go down the drain so that you can salvage something with your kid, what are you doing? What are, what are you accomplishing?
1: hmm Exactly.
0: So we have to have our end goal in mind. And, and, you know, like my husband says, one day they'll all be gone. You <laughs> know, all right. of them, even our own, like they'll be off doing their own thing. And, we have to still care about each other and have a connection to each other. And like you right. said, step back. And, and it's so refreshing if, if people will just step back and you watch your husband take care of something, it will make you love them more.
4: Yes,
1: exactly.
0: Because you'll feel so validated. Because, yes. And you won't even have had to say anything a lot of times.
1: Mm-hmm, that's right. Well, Johnny, it has been great having you a guest on our podcast and we thank you for taking the time to share your story with everybody. Well thank you. And reach back out to us in about a year and we'll have you back on and um see how things are going.
0: Yes, ma'am. Hopefully there'll be a lot of growth. Hope I mean, it's process. So hopefully I will still be growing and not mm-hmm. falling backwards.
1: <laughs> yes, that's what we all hope for. Yeah. But but we have to remember Life in general is like a roller coaster, and that doesn't stop when you're a blended family. You just have to learn to go with the flow sometimes. Yes. And put your seatbelt on.
5: <laughs> yes, definitely.
1: Hang on tight. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you again. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. David is going to drive me crazy.
3: Well, it'd be less gas I to use to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm telling him what to save the intro under. Right, mm-hmm. and telling you how to spell the person's name, mm-hmm. and you're arguing with me of what their name is. I know what their name is. I know this
3: person. Well, you spelled Johnny.
1: No, I spelled Joanie.
3: J O N I.
1: Right, it's not Johnny. It's Johnny. It's not Johnny. It's Joni.
3: What is J O N?
1: Han, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: or Joan? <laughs> it is not. Nice.
1: It is. What is J O N? Joan. Oh gosh!
3: Whatever. Yeah, Lori.
1: Johnny is J something.
3: J o
1: h n n i e is Johnny.
3: So is Joe J o n i. No, look it up.
1: Who do you know named Johnny that's J o n i?
3: Johnny Erickson Tata.
1: You're making it up. I'm not. Look it up. Hang on. You can't
3: find Chrome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's cause I'm looking for Johnny. There we go. I found Chrome. Hang on. It's Joni. Johnny. It's not Johnny.
3: Why don't you type it in like how to say or pronounce Johnny? <laughs> pronounce J O N I. <laughs> how
1: to pronounce
3: J O N I. It's a
1: 38 second video. <laughs> Joni. Joni.
3: If it's 38 seconds, so you just listen to two seconds of that.
1: That's all I need to know is it it's Joni.
3: And it probably says also pronounce Joni. Joni.
1: No, Joni. That's three times.
3: There are those out there.
1: Then it says, thanks for watching.
3: (laughs) It is not pronounced thanks for watching.
1: No, it said Joni. Then it said Joni. I'm
3: not arguing with you. Then it said Joni. I know. Oh, here's
1: another one. How to pronounce J O N I American English. Joni.
3: I know people.
1: You tell me I'm right. You're not right. Tell me I'm
3: right. I know people spell J O E N I and it's Johnny.
1: All right. Who do you know?
3: Are we going to argue the rest of this podcast? We
1: might. Who do you know?
3: I told you, Johnny. You Erick, don't know that I, person. I do know her.
1: You know you don't. I do. No, you don't. How
3: do you know him? Because she's a radio guest, and <laughs> she's also uh, does a lot of charity work, and she's an artist.
1: She was on Johnny Carson, probably. Yeah, she was. Let me see how she pronounces her name. Hang on. He said Joni. He introduced her as Joni.
3: Well, then he introduced her incorrectly. Hang on. Go to her own website. Listen to her own podcast, all right, let's move past this because you're he, he gonna might be, have said Johnny, you're gonna spend the <laughs> he rest he of the night trying wrong. to prove you're right, and we can honestly we can go the rest of your life and still prove you're not right.
1: It's Johnny. <sighs> I thought you, you say tomato, I say tomato. all right, you say potato, so I congratulations to Melanie. <laughs> oh, you sure that's her name and not <laughs> Melanie?
3: No, it's Milani.
1: oh my gosh, <laughs> I told y'all he's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs>
3: You already got me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyway, thanks for listening, folks. Sorry no, you had to listen. got to tell them how to apply for the Sylvia Crack Scholarship. Are you sure, Sylvia? It's Sylvia. I know you're not sure about Crack Hour. You mispronounce it on the how many times? I'm sure about Crack Hour.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, all <right>. I am. <laughs> so, if you want to apply, all you have to do is send us a video explaining why you want scholarship. That's it. Just email it or or send Lori an email and be like, hey, I can't email it to you, so send me a link to upload it to you.
1: Now, David, I know there's a catch to this. There's always a catch. What's the fine print? What do they have to do? The
3: fine print is that once you're done with your free month, all we ask you to do is leave us an anonymous testimonial about the Academy and your experience. That's That's it. it. That's all it is to it. And just... Hey, was it was it good? Was it not good? Was it helpful? Whatever, just leave a testimonial. That's it. So, if you want to apply,
1: send us an email with your video or a link to your video to contact us at NachoKids dot com.
3: Yep, and the video doesn't have to have your pretty face on it if you don't want it to.
1: Yeah, we know y'all are camera shy. I am too. That's why I'm doing a podcast.
3: <laughs> and I have a face for for radio. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. What do you mean by that?
1: Nothing. I didn't say anything. Joni. Johnny.
3: Yeah. You got Rony, a voice for radio. Ronnie, don't you?
1: Oh, Rice Ronnie, The San Francisco tree. Rice Arani? Yeah. You saying that's how you pronounce Johnny. Oh, so or it's Joni? It's Rice Aroni. Joni and Roni. See?
3: That is not accurate. So once we get done here recording, <laughs> I'm going to show you how Johnny is spelled for some people. Even though Joni mispronounces her own name, I'm saying, <laughs> and then we'll go from there. All right, so I'm done. Done arguing with you. You're done. You're right,
1: because Joni is from the South. She don't play. She's going to come up here and tell you a thing or two.
3: Fine. Bring it on, Joni. On.
1: Oh, you caught her by the right name then, didn't you? Well,
3: that's what she goes by. Uh-huh. I mean, you by Lori. Ain't I don't know. you
1: asking me if that's what her name really is.
3: What's your name?
1: I'm not telling Put-n-tang.
3: you. <laughs> it's a secret. I know. You go by a fake name.
1: David, don't tell everybody that I'm in the witness protection program. It's supposed to be a secret.
3: <laughs> there is no way you would ever be put in a witness protection program because you wouldn't even remember what you saw. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> you would make it up. You'd be like, I know I heard him say this. And I'm like, no, that is not what he said.
1: No, you're the one that misunderstands everything.
3: Really? Yeah. I'm the one? Yeah. Okay what i said <laughs> i know that's what you said davod but you live in Da-Vid. a bead. you don't need to live in a different house you need to live in a different universe i agree that's where you're already at yeah it's called right, I'm, I'm done it's called lolo you. land not showing not showing you <laughs> all right folks join us next week when you hear aggravating lori say man i am sweating bullets and these skeeters are tearing me up that's a true story folks <laughs> these skeeters are tearing me up all right, we'll see you next week when hopefully Lori or Larai or whatever you want to call her, you know, is in a better mood. So, thanks, folks. I was in a fine mood
1: till you started arguing with me how to pronounce the guest's name that I talked in,
3: to. I was in a fine mood until you just started talking. I was in a fine mood till you woke up this morning. Eh. I was in a... Okay, you got me there. <laughs> I was in a fine mood till you went to bed last night. <laughs> how far back do you want to go? <laughs> I don't know, but you just said that backwards. How'd I do that? You
1: said I was in a fine mood till you went to bed last night.
3: That's why I was in a fine (laughs) mood after you went to bed last night. So I had to hear your lip flapping.
1: All
2: right, bye.
3: Bye.
1: See
2: y'all later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.